You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. This segment is brought to you by Alan Gray. Alan Gray, long-term investing. It's seven minutes before seven o'clock. Let's take a look at this now. So according to Alan Gray, 2022 was a year of meaningful financial market upheaval, worsened by negative portfolio returns of a quantum that many investors have only witnessed once or twice in their professional careers. In the US, the S&P 500 lost 18% of its value over the year, while many popular US technology shares fell in excess of 60%, giving investors a healthy dose of realism. So what is is that realism. Talia Petusi is the portfolio manager at Alan Gray. She joins us now to make sense of this and more. Talia, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. What were some of the most notable financial market moves of the past year? Well, firstly, I mean, I think you've touched on um, the moves of the largest 500 U.S. equities, which lost about 18% of their value. Um, But really, that healthy dose of realism that washed its way through the market, I think, was that the price one pays for an asset matters. So some of these shares, and in particular, these so-called high-growth, very popular pandemic shares, fell in excess of 60%. And a lot of them had actually been priced at about 50 times their normal annual earnings. Now, that's really a lot to pay for shares in a company. Um, so in the correction, we saw a lot of these popular shares, like, for example, Tesla fall by 70% last year. We saw Zoom fall by about 90% last year. Um, we saw a lot of highly speculative asset classes implode quite spectacularly. And here I'm referring um, to asset classes like cryptocurrency, tokens, providers, and platforms. But, but really what I think invested, what hit investors especially hard is that the 60-40 portfolio didn't work. So traditionally, investors have put about 60% of their assets in equities and 40% in bonds. And that is because bonds are presumed to be safer. And if you look at returns in the U.S., let's say over the last 30 years, genuinely, when equities are down, when equities are hurting, bond returns are positive. So they are cushioning that fall. Whereas last year, everything fell. So these traditionally safe haven U.S. Treasury bonds, in other words, U.S. government-issued debt, they fell quite substantially. So a 30-year U.S. Treasury bond fell by about 50%, as did a 30-year U.K. government-issued bond. So there was really nowhere to hide, and and I think that was the standout factor last year. Hmm. How then does the notion cash is king apply now? Well, um, this idea of cash as king, it's really used to denote the idea that the decision to have taken safe refuge in money market and cash investments has been quite a wise and prudent choice. So so what that does is essentially protect the holder of cash from negative nominal returns. And it also allows them the flexibility to invest in equity or bond assets at the price valuations, you know, should a person's risk appetite allow. And I think in 2022, cash was certainly king. Um, so your lazy you know, US dollar bank account quite easily beat um, both US equity and fixed rate bond returns. And similarly here in South Africa, you know, your classic rand-denominated SA money market fund also beat you know, JSE equity and SA bond index returns. Although I must caveat that by saying that neither of the cash investments I mentioned, so whether it be in the US or here in SA, were able to keep up with the pace of their home country inflation 
um, which peaked at, at around 9% in the US and about 7.8% here in South Africa. Yeah, speaking of um, inflation, we were talking we were talking rather about headline inflation easing, uh, but your outlook for inflation drawing on lessons from the 70s, I guess. Yeah, so uh, I mean, on that easing you just mentioned, uh, I mean, given that inflation is, you know, by by its nature a year-on-year calculation, I think it's very natural to expect that given this large base effect. Um, we will see some disinflationary impact happening this year in 2023. And all that base effect means is that once the price is high already, so for example, once the price of petrol is high because we've experienced this oil price shock, you know, a lot would have to happen for one to see another enormous year-on-year increase. So, so yes, I, I do think that we'll see disinflation or disinflationary impact in, in 2023, but I think it's also important to consider that there are powerful structural forces that may see inflation re-emerge in the medium term. So really a big lesson of the 70s was that once given life, pricing feedback loops can run amok and they can lead inflation to become deeply entrenched in the global economy. So for that entire span of the decade of the 70s, every two years, the pendulum seems to swing quite strongly between rampant inflation to disinflation and then back again with a vengeance. So the stability of much of the prior 10 years' prices had really vanished. And this is because there were structural elements driving inflation. And, and there are quite a few structural forces one, one can think of now that over the medium to longer term will continue to be present. I mean, one that's obviously very pertinent for us here in South Africa is that we're living in an increasingly energy-constrained world. Mm-hmm. And I think you know that's obviously very inflationary for prices, and, and also not just in South Africa, but in Europe as well. Yeah. And then also, we've seen this abundance of worker strike action. Some of that's going to bleed through into higher pay increases, perhaps more so in the developed world, and that will also have a very inflationary impact. And, and then just bringing the conversation back home locally, we've seen NERSA uh, approve electricity price yeah. hikes of a sort of quantum that we haven't seen in the last decade, you know, plus 18.7% this year, you know, plus 13% for next year, and so on. So that's going to bleed through into household consumer price inflation and certainly into the cost of producing goods and services in the economy. Mm. So on a sort of longer-term outlook, I don't think that um, inflation is by any means over. Talia, thank you so much. Unfortunately, that's all the time we can afford this evening. Talia Patusi is the Portfolio Manager at Alan Gray. This segment was brought to you by Alan Gray. Alan Gray, long-term investing. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.